0: Hey guys, and welcome to episode 25 of the Cardinals Nation 24-7 podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lawless, and with me, as always, is the living legend, Larry Cox. Larry, how you doing tonight?
1: What's up, Chris?
0: Doing good, doing good. Tonight, we've got a couple of our group moderators joining us. Uh, for the first time, we've got Dustin Duffy. How you doing tonight, Dustin?
2: Doing good, man. can not be better.
0: It's good. It's good. And we've also got returning back. We haven't had him on in a while, but we got Mr. Zach Jen. How you doing tonight?
3: Good. I'm good.
0: Awesome. So we are playing some excellent ball as of late. I mean, the Cardinals went in 12th straight. That's something I don't think any of us could have planned on. You know, we sweep the series with the Brewers. We sweep uh, the Padres, you know, it's sweep the Mets. Uh, we've been taking care of business lately. So just uh, on this hot run that the Cardinals have been on lately, we'll just jump right into it. Uh, you guys' overall thoughts, obviously, we're all you know excited about this, but we've got some breathing room here where you know, it wasn't long ago and we had like a two percent chance, you know from fan grabs saying that we're gonna make the playoffs. Now it seems like we're a lock. So you know, it's exciting stuff. What are you guys' thoughts? I'll start with you, Larry.
1: Well, I mean, uh, they had they had no choice, really. If you're going to get back in, you got to win them all. Um, it- it's uh, better baseball. Um, it's good to get hot coming down the end. That's the best thing about it. I mean, they really picked the right time to get hot. Um, Mazalak looks like a genius now picking up Lester, doesn't he? <laughs>
0: yeah, he ca- he caught some plaque for that. But, yeah, I mean, him and Happ really have solidified the rotation when we really needed some innings and – you know, even guys like the dumpster diving of getting a McFarland and a Garcia, those guys have been solid, you know, and fans were not too excited when we made those moves. But, you know, nonetheless, it's it's key guys like that that's taking this team to the next level, along with the the main everyday players. So, we'll, Lord, are you, Dustin, what are your thoughts on seeing this hot streak and can the Cardinals keep it up?
2: Man, I just, I just see this team, especially two through four, like, wiped out. All this 12-game stretch, Mo picking up Jay hap and Lester, I mean, it's just been lights out. Don't change a thing. Yeah,
0: I totally agree with that, too. I mean, it's – and again, I mean, fans weren't too excited when we brought them in thinking, well, we've got the AARP lineup, basically, you know, with Wayne And At the time, we had LeBlanc, too, in the rotation. So, everybody was pushing 40, but it's – it's panning out right now and i mean there's no complaints on this end what say you zach
3: yeah i mean i always say two things you know come uh, come may and september for whatever reason we play our best ball in those two months i mean if you look the last 10 years it's the middle of the summer gets lost in translation somewhere because for some reason we always seem to hit a downward skid but man those two months we just kill it and hopefully we can keep the momentum going and, and the funny thing about it is, you know, you guys hit on it, you know, Mo and Mo and Schilt, everybody wanted them gone. And wouldn't it be something I doubt it'll happen, but God it'd be something fans would lose it if they just got the uh, manager and GM of the year um, executive of the year fans would just, that they would know what to do it themselves.
0: No. And I mean, I, I get it that our fan base, we, we've got, you know, obviously a ton of people on our Facebook group and they, you know, there are some armchair general managers and we do it too, you know, we, I'll be the first to admit, you know, there's times where I call out certain players or coaches where I think, you know, stuff ain't going right. You got to point the finger at somebody. But overall, I mean, like Larry has preached more than I have, you know, that Mazalak knows what he's doing, you know, and I'm not crazy with some of the Stan and Pat moves that I think the Cardinals maybe should go above and beyond at some point, but he plays it smart. You know, he picks up guys on reasonable deals and, you know, they contribute in ways that aren't really the everyday fan, you know, might not see the, the strengths that these guys can bring in, but they're getting it done. And, you know, I'll just kind of go over this last series with the Brewers. I mean, we knew coming in that we had a little bit of breathing room, but this Brewer series really was like a test, you know, a true test of we've been getting it hammered to us all season and you know we go in and take care of business so just this series alone what do you think that means momentum wise we're going to run out of steam eventually on the winning streak but this was big you know what what's you on that way
1: well um like most of you guys know you know saturday out of the game against padres you can see when they were down they didn't give up and i think that carried over that momentum from beating that team but you know nobody everybody said they couldn't beat the padres from the very beginning You know, they got 700-plus million dollars just in their infield, um, and that's in three players. Um, And then for them to carry that momentum after coming from behind to win, you could just see that, you know, happy flight going into Milwaukee. Um, And then the swagger, I mean, it's there, man. I don't care what anybody says. After today's game, uh, Goldschmidt just launched it, and he just, you know, I kept thinking, this is it. You know, it's over. And uh, Goldie said, not today, boys. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy to think, too. And I, I put this out, you know, on the Facebook page and in the group, and it it isn't to take away from the kind gesture that he did, but basically Yelich had got 10,000 tickets for fans to attend the Cardinals versus Brewers game. And, you know, just as kind of a little bit of humor I put on there, you know, how about that he goes out and spends money on 10,000 tickets for fans to watch us sweep their ass. You know, how, how funny is that? You know, Dustin, what do you think about that?
1: Or we'll kick over to Zach.
0: Yeah, we'll kick over to Zach on this. What do you think of that? I know it's kind of, you know, taking a jab at yelling at shit, but, you know, I just thought it was kind of funny. You know, he busts the bill on 10,000 tickets and they get a front row seat basically to a good old fashioned ass booking.
3: I don't think anybody was really <clears throat> anticipating that. I mean, I thought, you know, we always play them close. Um, you know, maybe we split a series or, you know, we've been losing close ones, but I don't think anybody really knew that was going to happen. Um, or could have even said it even after the, the win streak we'd been on coming in. Um, and I just think today, too, um, you know, I had made a mention in our group that, you know, if we can come back from this 05 deficit, that's going to really be the the telltale of, of if we can do it or not for the rest of the season, if we're actually in this thing or if we're just, you know, riding high on some steam. And I think that proves, to, you know, we're healthy at the right time. And, you know what, <clears throat> like I said, it was a cool gesture, but, I think it just kind of gave us more firepower, more uh, more ambition to go in there and kick some butt.
0: Yeah, and I I was you know I was feeling bad for Wainwright as I'm sure you guys were to to start the game off like that. I think he was pressing too hard to get that 2,000th strikeout. Um, you know, for the team to battle back and get the win, uh, obviously he didn't get the win, but the team did. Uh, I think that you know really picked up Wainwright, you know, and to to see him, I know. Uh, Larry just attended a game where you know Wainwright was likely to get his 2,000th strikeout, and Larry really wanted to witness that. But just the fact that he he's able to do it, and earlier in the week having Lester pick up you know his 200th win, we're we're seeing some great things. Where I think individually, these guys are getting a lot out of what's happening. I mean, Arenado with his goal of hitting 30 home runs and 100 RBIs, you know, I think each player is getting something that impacts them. And it's more than just winning at, at this point. What, what do you think, Larry?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like we said, you know, these guys all set goals at the beginning of the season. They all have contract clauses and everything else. But personal goals aside, I mean, it's they're all hitting stride. And that's the biggest thing is, is you know, it's all about the team. Um, yeah, I definitely wanted to see Ueno get the four strikeouts on Saturday. 2,000, that was huge. Um, but... Uh, it looked like to me a lot of times he had guys in, in you know an oh two count and instead of instead of just like you, you know throwing one away or wasting a pitch he was going after hitters and they would hit it and that was the sad part about it you know i kept thinking this is the one this ah and then today i think you know going in he's focused on that just trying to get that one strike out and get it over with i think it did become a distraction to him this morning uh or today's game but uh I think again, we've seen it in the past. I think these guys, you know, they look out for Wayno. you know, he's the guy, he's the hombre. Um, they pick him up again. I mean, you know, he didn't take the loss. And so that meant a lot too. I mean, that's going to be a huge swing as well moving forward because, you know, you look at it and you say, you know, we were down five, nothing, you know, for them to come back, climb all the way back in. And Wayno is off the hook completely. That's huge for them. So, you know, now he knows they have his back and he has theirs. So
0: well, this team, they're they are playing good ball on all fronts. You know, the offense is coming around when they need to. And defensively, uh, you know, I read earlier, there's like seven or eight of our guys that are in top three in the league and, you know, defensive runs saved. And so you got a potential of a lot of gold glovers here. I know we talk sometimes with the Feast or Famine offense, but defensively, this team is about as sound defensively as we've seen in a long time. Dustin, what's your takeaway on the the players that we've got playing solid defense, and the importance of that is, you know, what's got this team really clicking on all cylinders.
2: Oh, man, their defense is just outrageous. I mean, Arenado, you know, last night grabbing that ball and then not even trying to stop himself before hitting that tarp, going all out for it. I mean, that's what it's all about, man. That's what Cardinals defense has always been about. I remember going to the games, watching Ozzie Smith, man, Oz Smith, Willie McGee, all them guys. I mean, it's all out all the time.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a hustling attitude that the Cardinals have. But I mean, these guys, whether it's the young guys like Carlson, uh, plays good defense. Bader and O'Neill, I think, have really came into their own. Where you know, offensively, they're putting it together. But you know, with O'Neal having a Gold Glove last season, and you know, Bader is pretty well as elite as it gets out there. You know, I think that makes the pitcher's job a lot more comfortable knowing they have a defense behind them and they can throw the ball over the plate and, you know, at least have some confidence that you've got gold glovers on the corners, one behind the plate, and two to three of them in the outfield. I mean, really, there's not much more you can ask for from a pitching standpoint. Zach, I know you're uh, you're big on the team defense, but they've been doing well just uh, running the bases, you know, opportunity. They're taking them making the most of the opportunities that they're given. What's he on that?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I had said the other day, you guys all know I'm a big Tommy Edmund fan, and he's got, what, 27 stolen bases, and I feel like he's done that rather quietly. I mean, I don't know the last time that a Cardinal had 30 stolen bases. I mean, it's been nine years since a Cardinal had 100 RBI, so it's probably double that, if not longer, since they had 30 stolen bases. And I, I'm probably wrong on that stat, but – I mean, that, that in and of itself, I just feel like if we keep doing that, I mean, you guys got O'Neill. he could be a 30 stone base guy. Fam, I mean, Fam, obviously, not going to be a 30 stone base guy for the Cardinals. Um, Bader could be a 30 stone base guy for the Cardinals, you know, and, and then even in the minors, um, Carlson was swiping bags left and right, and so I know that's a different level, but he's got the ability that he could – you know, be maybe not 30, but, you know, in that 20 range. And so, I mean, you look at that, you get those guys on and you can move them around. That's just scary. The, the, the
1: thing that really impressed me watching the game today, um, of course, you know, it was on YouTube, um, is listening to announcers talk about, you know, old school baseball being played in St. Louis. And, and for all season long, all we did was complain, the bitching, the complaining, you know, let's get back to old school baseball today. I mean, we were swiping bases. Moving the runners, sacrificing, and that's old school baseball, man. And Edmund, I mean, I'm sitting there going Wong Hoo right now. I'm sorry, but.
3: I mean, I, I said it earlier this year. I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize it, but fielding wise, Edmund's number three in the NL. Um, and actually, the two that are in front of him have played less games than he has. He's played, he's on ba- uh, trajectory to play 100 more games than he played last year. Um, he's, you know, got a 989 fielding percentage. So, I mean, I think you stick that guy there. He stays there. I know we've got some other maybe bigger prospects behind him, but I think he's going to be a guy that's in St. Louis for a long time to come, and I think he could be a Golden Glove guy too.
0: Yeah, one thing I've noticed too, and we've talked about it in our our group chat. I've seen some people post in the group about it. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago when Colton Wong had come out with that report, basically of his time in St. Louis and. Uh, basically feeling like he couldn't reach his full potential because the, the strategy and all that with Jeff Albert's system, you know, he was kind of taking pitches that he would normally just hack away at. And, you know, some, some people have suggested maybe our players have read that and took something from it. And it's kind of like, you know, maybe he's right. Let's just go out there see the ball, hit the ball, do our own thing. I'm not saying that is what's happening. But it is kind of ironic that just a couple weeks ago, when that report came out, is when all this kind of turned around. So, what? What? say so you guys on that? I mean, there's a there's got to be a little bit to it that guys are. I'm not saying giving up on Albert, but basically saying, "Hey, I'm gonna do shit my way."
1: I think I think they you know those guys are still swinging the way they've always swung the bat. I, I don't think you tell it at Nolan Arenado, hey, just don't swing at this because this is Jeff Albert's system. I don't think it works that way. I mean, I've always said that. Um, and I think Colton Wong is full of crap. And I don't care. I, I mean, the guy swung for the fences when there was nobody on base thinking he had to win the game with nobody on every time. I mean, I, I just uh, – Colton, I loved his defense. I loved his abilities. But, you know, it's just enough. Let it go, dude. You're on another team. Move on. Nobody hampered anything from Colton Wong. He became a better player because of the system. So, and I mean, he's not been on the field this much this year anyway. So, and his team got swept. So take that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
0: me, <laughs> but Justin, what do you, what do you think? Do you think there's any kind of reasoning that might be, and it might not necessarily be the long comment, but maybe the players did, you know, just kind of look at it like, Hey, we've got to get on the same page here and we're going to go up there and just take our hacks and see what happens. You know, your best baseball sometimes is just an well, act. Thing, not just analytics.
2: Well, I mean, it's obviously the wrong thing for Wong to say because look what this team's doing now. But I mean, I mean, these guys are major league players. So I mean, it's not like they're playing t ball and they gotta have the you know the hitting coach to tell them you know, how to hit a damn ball. You know, I mean, what are you really doing to help these guys hit? I mean, they train all year round, even in the off season, to hit baseballs. And I mean, I just look at it like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, when we've talked to that, each of these guys have their individual hitting coach to work and work with them all season long and then the off season. But I just think the timing of it was kind of worth bringing up because we like to we like to think we know sometimes more than what we do. We stir the pot a little bit as Larry's over there doing. But Zach, what do you think about that?
3: Sorry, did you say me?
0: Yeah, you okay. and the <laughs> other, No, the other Zach <laughs> on the show tonight.
3: Sorry, it cut out of me. No, I mean, you know, I think when I look at it is, and I know I've said this before, but you can't convince me that Albert didn't know what was going on in Houston and they were all about working counts and, and things like that. Well, when you know what pitch is coming, you can work pretty much any count. I don't I don't know what Houston's approach is now or I don't look at their numbers. See, yeah, They're still doing it the same way. But one thing I've noticed over the last three weeks is we have guys that are, especially Molina, they're going after that first pitch a lot. You know, I've noticed we're not really working counts as much. Um, it, seem, it I should say, it seems like they're either jumping on that first pitch, and they're moving guys around, or they are working them super deep. So there's, there's like no in between. Um, and so, um, for that, you know, I think the teams knew the best pitch. You know, they could pitch be the first one, and then, you know, we'd be looking for other stuff. And I think we've just gotten a lot more aggressive in that way. Um, and I know that's what, what Alberts is all about. And, and, you know, maybe again, maybe it's not so much him that we read into, but I think that that's been a big thing, kind of our MO. And I feel like pitchers have kind of salivated at that over the last couple of years, like, all right, they're not going to swing at this. Let, let me just throw it straight down the middle and see if they just sit there on it.
0: Yeah. I think there's some truth to that because, you know, I, I think that's a lot of what happened with Matt Carpenter was he got so comfortable with taking so many pitches But eventually, you know, it's to the point now where I don't even think you should take a bat up with him, you know, because he either doesn't use it or when he does, it's like refusing to hit into the shift. It's, you know, there's so much to take away from that. But, you know, switching gears to something else, I know that the Cardinals obviously have had something to play for. And when you play meaningful games, I think that's what really brings the best out in you. And when you're playing teams that obviously you want to beat guys like the Pirates, you know, and the Tigers that we've slumped you know, against this year. But when you're playing teams like the Brewers and you had to win against the Padres and you, you take two or three from Cincinnati, that's, I think, you play up to par with your opponent, you know, where the games mean more. Um, but with the with the last series where we had our 2011 team, you know, getting celebrated, I think that kind of rejuvenated a little bit of life in the middle of a win streak. It really boosted this team of, you know, look at these guys and, everything wasn't all rosy on how they got there. The timing of everything just couldn't have been more perfect. I think it was a perfect storm of, you know, giving guys another reason to step their game up. What do you think about that, Larry? The
1: the 2011 celebration Saturday night was probably one of the best moments that that, uh, outside of an opening day that I've been a part of. Um, just and the other thing is, even like Skip Schumacher coming over to the art dugout and hugging and high-fiving players that you know, then you stand back and you look, and there's three players still on this team from 2011. That right there says a lot about this franchise. Um, uh, unfortunately, one of them is Matt Carpenter, um, but uh, it, it, sparked, it sparked the team. You could see it. I mean, they were proud to be there and proud to have that uniform on. Um, I, I, I think that. You know, we get into these, we get these lulls and you start winning and and then you don't want to lose. So what happens when you do lose, you know, then it does it, does it spark a a downslide or does it, you know, hey, wait, we got to get back right on this horse. But I, and I think that's exactly the timing of that 2011 celebration um, coinciding with the Padres being in town. I think that was the right time for it because a lot of times those things are always celebrated like at the very beginning of the season. So I think this is a great timing for it. Knowing these two, these two uh, series were both coming, and then, like I said, you know, it's it, it, it's it get all those players. You can see the pride in that, and even like you've seen Sosa, you know, he's always like pointing at the, you know, and that's the thing. You can see the pride on these guys now. Um, that's and that's why I take Colton Wong's what he said worth you know a grain of salt because you know most people are they're proud to be here. That's that's the good thing now. You muted yourself, Chris.
0: I don't think that Wong's comments was basically, you know, him taking much light at the team because I think Wong was as proud as anybody to be a Cardinal. And leaving the team, you could tell that it, it pained him, you know, and he, he was a good Cardinal. You know, I agree with you that he was swinging, you know, to try to hit a five-run home run with nobody on base early in his career. But I think he was kind of coming into his own a little bit. And maybe he did change his philosophy, Up, uh, he's not going to take as many pitches. But just seeing, like you said, like seeing the, the guys in town and you get that lift when you see a David Freeze and a Chris Carpenter and Matt Holliday. I think everybody could kind of, you know, go to those guys and, you know, pick their brain a little bit and get a little pumped up, you know, before the game. I just think it really did boost this team. Uh, not that they needed it, but it sure didn't hurt. What what say you on that, Duffy? I mean, it was pretty cool to see you know, so many former Cardinals, world champions, take the field.
2: Yeah, I actually watched it on YouTube a couple of days ago, and man, I see a lot of similarities too between the 2011 and this year's team. I mean, it's not Pujols, but you got Goldschmidt. It's not Freeze, you got Arenado. I mean, you got Wayno that could step into Carpenter's spot. I mean, it's. I'm telling you that crazier things have happened to where, I mean, this team looks a lot like 2011 and man, I'd give anything to just see it one more time, one more time, baby.
0: And I think it could happen too. And I think anybody, you know, we've all had some faith. We didn't lose the faith as a season win. I mean, we got a little down when looking at the standing and seeing Milwaukee kind of run away with the division kind of sucks, but we always kind of felt like this team at least had a fighting chance to still being in the thick of things. And, you know, I think back even at the All-Star game when Arenado had whispered into Greg Amsinger's ear that, hey, we're going to make the wild card, you know. And that was back in the All-Star game when we were pretty well, you know, just kind of wheels falling off at that point. Um, but, yeah, it was it's it's fun to see them win. And, again, not to just be a dead horse, but to see those legends come back that maybe all of them weren't a household name outside of Cardinals Nation. But you're seeing the Nick Puntos and the, you know, Larry's favorite, John Jay, you know. I mean, yeah, I, we'll bring him back next season. Oh,
1: wait a but, minute, He's diving for a ball somewhere right now.
0: But it was definitely <laughs> – it was cool to see. And, you know, just the ones that – I mean, everybody come back for it. You know, there was guys that I'm like, hell, they were on the team. I, I barely even remember. But, you know, they, they should have. You know, that's a proud moment. You know, what, what are some of the, the guys that made that appearance that won that championship team, Zach, that – you kind of you saw him as like, damn, you know they don't quite look the same. For me, it's like Mitchell Boggs, you know. I was kind of like, what the fuck, you know, who is this guy, you know? But <laughs> he,
1: he looked like you. <laughs> you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Jason Mott's got the beard that looks like me. That yeah, kind of Bob, wasn't that was my saying, name.
3: Yeah, not Boggs. It was Mott. Yeah, no, there's a lot of them that look really different to me and, and honestly I'm so bad with like faces to names I mean I was obviously able to you know remember Freeze and Discalso and those guys that were kind of like mainstays but but really just looking at them I was sitting there with my wife and I'm just like I couldn't tell you who any of those guys are for a select group of them and then I saw um Berkman sitting there I'm like well at least I can tell who it is I don't feel like I'm I'm such a bad fan now <laughs> she was like you watch every game of the season how do you not remember who these people are it's like it's ingrained in you and I'm like yeah you know what people get older I was like I'm sure I look a heck of a lot different than I did 10 years ago thank god but yeah no I there was just a lot of them where I just was like yep I couldn't tell you who they are Well Chris keeps
1: forgetting to unmute himself okay <laughs> My uh,
0: Shane Robinson was another for me that, you know, seeing him and I'm like, I remember him, you know, but just kind of looking at him, is like just stature wise doesn't stand out. But then when you see the name on the back, you're like, you know all these guys contributed to a, to a point for that season to work out the way it did, you know, Edwin Jackson. And it's, it's just, it's cool to see, but. You Kowski,
1: know, talent, career. Yeah. They all had their part. I mean, Every one of those guys at some point during the season were a hero of some kind, but David Freeze and Berkman are the only two you're going to remember. More or
0: less. I mean, yeah, they were the they were the ones getting most of the fanfare for sure. Um, but, you know, we've got to flip the script and look at this team on there, – there's been some guys kind of in and out with, with this team that has helped. And recently one just got DFA'd that um, – cleared waivers and the Cardinals let go give him his unconditional release today. And that's Daniel Ponce de Leon. I know I've kind of, he was a feel good story after the line drive to the head, you know, we were all pulling for him. I just, I feel bad for the guy that he never got his footing. Uh, he was given every opportunity, but you know, as far as guys stepping into the role, uh, he wasn't benefiting this team to carry him. And, you know, what, what are your thoughts on Daniel Postel and his time with the Cardinals and the decision to totally cut the ice with him?
1: Well, What'd I mean, you say? Uh, when, oh, there you go. when they uh, – when he came back and made his debut and he and he won and he won hit uh, that game, that was amazing. You know, seeing his family there and everything, thinking, you know, this kid would never play ball again. And I really thought he'd overcome a lot of that stuff. But um, I think we all know what, ha- I mean, we watched it him shaking off Yachty repeatedly. And then the argument, in the dugout, we knew that was kind of the end of the, the beginning of the end for him. Um, again, we also got to remember, you know, you got Hudson that's talking about maybe coming back this next week. You got Flaherty coming back tomorrow. So there's gotta be room somewhere for these guys to come anyway. So there is that plus you're going to have to move some guys around again anyway so you and then you got to make up the roster for the world the, for the, even for the uh, wild card game duffy cuz chris is
2: cutting himself out yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i mean man it's, it's either it's either put out or swim man i mean you got you got to be able to pitch in the big leagues i mean you can't you know just like larry said you know i mean they're going to have to make a roster for this wild card game I mean, you think Miller's going to be on the team? I doubt it. You, Ponce wouldn't have made it. I mean, I mean, why keep the guy if he can't even, you know? I mean, you got to put out, especially right now, I mean, it's got to be your guys that are like Luis Garcia, man. That guy, they better re-sign him right now.
0: Yeah, I I think for sure that Andrew Miller is somebody that you're only going to pitch in games that you're up five or six runs. Uh, and that, that's not somebody I'd – like to see the Cardinals continue to carry, but contract wise, I think they make the mistake and stick with him. But you know, Zach, I'm sure you saw the, the rift between Yachty and Ponce and I think that was kind of I don't think that was something that just happened. I think that over a course of his last few outings there had to be some sort of friction going on because I, I know that temper's player high. Obviously we've seen that with Machado and Tatis, you know, when we played the Padres. You know where they go at it but i think some of that is like the brotherly love hey get your shit together we, we gotta take things serious but when you see like oliver marmal and stubby clap jumping in the middle of yachty and Ponce, i think there was more to it than hey you're just shaking me off or hey we gotta take this shit serious there had to been some words said that yadi isn't one you want to mouth you know and that was i, I think he sealed his one way take it out of town
3: yeah, and you know, a part of me kind of has to wonder too. With some of these younger guys, I mean, you look at the whole season. It, it's a, a blessing that we picked up some of these pitchers at the, the deadline, and we made some of these moves because, really, we were trying to hamstring together a bullpen that was probably a minor league bullpen for the most part, where guys were just too washed up to make it through a full season relieving without getting injuries. And I just kind of wonder, you know, obviously I would take Yachty any day of the week, but. Catching with Kisner, coming up with Kisner, I think there's a different mindset. I really do. I think there's a different way of going about things. Kisner, I don't think it's enough credit. I think he's been, um, I think they said like seven out of the 15 shutouts we've had. So he's about almost 15% of the shutouts he's caught this year. And so I just think he goes, you know, we've kind of said the same thing where like Carlos Martinez and Yachty over the last two years have not really, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if the season kept going and Carlos stayed healthy. If those two would have gotten into it, you know, it just seemed like he he pitched better. So I, I just kind of wonder if philosophically, um, you know, they were, and and with Ponce doing worse, I guess is what I would say, or struggling more than everybody else as they're taking off, if things just kind of came to blows and it was just they both had had enough.
0: Yeah, and the the same can be said like when when somebody's doing well, and I know Lester always gives props to Yachty and you know Maddox in his post game interviews when he does well that you know, he's pitching kind of against how he normally would because he's really had to buy into the system and what they're saying and what they're trying to do. And it took him a, a few starts to get acclimated. Uh, maybe some some guys like a Carlos or, or like Ponce they Leon, they're, they're just hell-bent on doing things their way. And, uh, you know, it, it probably is hard to buy into a system if you're comfortable doing, you know, a thing a certain way. But, you know, at this point in the season, I, I think you do have to call guys out when, Every game matters. And, you know, if if you're not on the same page, or, and I've seen it with other pitchers too, where, yeah, Yachty and Kisner, I think there is a different approach when he catches, but you do have to be on the same page because if not, that's when you're seeing balls get by Yachty that he's expecting chest high heat and he's getting one in the dirt. You know, uh, you, you definitely got to be on the same page. And I know Larry's been, you know, big on saying, uh, especially with Kisner, that, he, certain pitchers do pitch better under him. And I think some of that does have something to do with these minor leaguers coming up together with him and having a repertoire. And I think some has to do with Yachty just having that old school mindset. And I don't think if Kisner caught Wainwright, I don't think you're going to get as good of an outing from Wainwright. You know, I think just it's a comfortable type of thing. Well,
1: I, I think, you know, even with Kisner, I think it's been – you know, those guys, they grew up together, like you said, and you kind of want to protect their back. You got their back, you know, the whole time. So you're going to block that ball in the dirt if you have to. You're going to do whatever you have to do. But I, I think that with Yachty's lack of mobility, I think that you have to be – it's essence that you have to be on the same page with him because if you throw, a, if you throw an inside fastball and he's set up on the outside and waiting on a curveball – Things are going to get disastrous really quick. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not that 20-some-year-old anymore that can move and react that fast anymore, like he used to. And um, we really don't want him getting hurt because something stupid like that um, coming into the postseason, especially right now.
0: Well, we do have some breathing room. I mean, five games right now. I mean, how crucial is that when you know, we're, we're battling? I don't want them to let their foot off the gas coming up against the Cubs at all. But when you've got, you know, a five-game lead right now. There is some breathing room. Uh heading into this series, I know you don't want much foot off the gas like I said, but do you do you use this Cub Series to rest certain ball players or do you ride this hot hand out? Duffy, what what do you think? You you think they give a couple guys a day off here and there throughout this series?
2: Well I mean we got these two games tomorrow which are like what fourteen innings. You know, these half assed Double headers that we play now. I don't know. I think, I think play the regular guys, maybe, probably the second game, probably give some rest to the guys in the first game. You know, just, I mean, dude, there it's the magic number six. So, I mean, six wins or, you know, Phillies, Phillies lose, you know, I mean, it's, it's inevitable we're going to get the wild card. I mean, I think you need to give some of the guys some rest to, uh, Make sure they're ready because I mean, it's probably going to be. I hope I actually kind of hope it's the Dodgers. I know everybody else was saying I was saying Giants, but I'd rather face the Dodgers in a one game playoff versus five. So,
0: yeah, and you know, one thing about it too is like giving a guy a, a day of rest, you're also getting somebody like an Andrew Miller or like you know, as best I'd say, Matt Carpenter, at least getting them stretched a little bit where they're not ice cold sitting over there on the bench. I think this would be a perfect time. I I would start my starters tomorrow during game one. Obviously, game two, you're not going to have Yachty catch both games, so Kisner catch. Uh, Maybe have DeYoung start one of those games. Just to get those guys some reps because you are going to have to rely on the bench, and our bench is a big weak spot in my opinion. What are your thoughts on how that pans out, Zach?
3: Yeah, I mean, we do have some weakness on our bench. I don't think, though, aside from game two tomorrow, I don't really think that we let our foot off the gas. And I'm going to be one of those optimistic people. I know six weeks ago I was like, yeah, there's a real outside chance that we make it. I'm pretty sure we're going to miss, and I'll be one of those people to admit it. But this three games is going to be the hardest three games that Milwaukee ever has to win. They have the Mets, who are not a bad team. They're out of it, but they're not a bad team. Um, And then they have us again at home. Good luck. And then they have the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are going to be shooting. So if the if the Mets don't win – or, excuse me, if we go three out of four and the Brewers don't win two out of three against, um, excuse me, against them, then there's still an open window for us. I know it's a small snowball chance in hell that we actually win this division, but it's going to be the hardest three games that they have to win.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, and it is like very slim to none chance. But it, you know, anything can happen. I mean, we didn't think we'd be in the position five games, uh, you know, having a playoff bid locked up a couple weeks ago either. But Duffy touched on this too. On if we do make the wild card, who would we prefer to play in that one game? And I'll go against the grain. Not that I'm scared of the Dodgers, but I just you know they're going to throw Scherzer in that game, and. You know, if I'm facing the, the Giants and the Giants have some good pitching too. But I'm I'm a little more scared of what the Dodgers would do in that one game than I would be the Giants. I think we handled our business fairly well against the Giants this season. Now, having said that, I think that could come back to bite us too where, you know, we played them well and this would be the game that they'd kick our ass. You know, the Dodgers, we proved that we could hang with them, split in the series, you know, this last go-round where we start to – series down to nothing, you come back and win the last two. But, you know, I'll go against the grain here and say I'd prefer the Giants in that one-game playoff. Larry, I'm sure you disagree with me because you like to do that every now and then.
1: Every now and then, maybe once or twice. Uh, The reason I'd rather face the Dodgers are because they still – they have to look past that one game. So, if if you throw Scherzer out there, he's done for game one and game two. So, now you're going to go down and you're going to face with, with, well, they still got Walker Buehler and they still got, you know, this other guy that's been there, one of a couple of Cy Youngs, but, um,
3: yeah,
1: I know, but (laughs) I'm just saying that. So I think with the Cardinals, I mean, we could throw multiple arms in that game and come out better than they could. So that's the differences. And then like the giants, I I could see the differences there with facing the giants, you know, their pitching staff is not as, is not as, uh, as well honed as ours, I guess is not, they haven't been that experienced much that we have. But again, I would rather face the Dodgers in a one and done than I would a long season than a series. Because I think in a series, I think they send those three guys against us or those four guys against us more. So if you get the one and done, you could actually beat them. Because uh, anything can happen in one game. I mean, anything. We know that. I would take my chances in the one game against the Dodgers.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the flip side of that, too, is if you play the Giants in a one game playoff. And that means the Dodgers won their division. And that's where you're going to get more than just having a face So You're going to get the whole damn 18 Cy Youngs that they've got on their pitching staff. Um, but, you know, Duffy, I know you kind of prefer it to be the Dodgers. Um, I know you've got some family ties that root for the Dodgers. We like to give you a lot of shit about that. Uh, a one game playoff though, you know, and I'm sure we can all agree. We know who's going to get the ball for the Cardinals. I'm not saying I don't feel confident in Wainwright, but you know it's probably going to be Wainwright taking the hill because at this point, even if Flaherty does show himself in these last maybe start or two that he might get before the season ends, I don't know that you feel comfortable totally. I think he's got better stuff at times than Wainwright, but you give the guy that's carried your pitching staff all year the ball in a one-game wild card, I think we all agree on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you just got to have, you know, a short leash. Very short leash, man. Everybody's available. Everybody's out in the bullpen. You know, Jack's in the bullpen. Everybody's in the bullpen. Hopefully, Hudson's in the bullpen. I mean, you just throw it all at him. It's an afternoon game in L.A., or in San Fran. I mean, there's going to be shadows to deal with. Bueno and that curveball in the shadows. I mean, he ain't Scherzer, but, man, I take my chances with Bueno. And, I mean, you just you got to go with Bueno there.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be a slap in the face if we didn't go to him because the guy really has carried this whole staff. Um, you know, like you said, I think the shadows are play into it a little bit, but just having having Wainwright that's been your ace, you have to hand him the ball in that situation. Uh, Zach, what do you what do you think on who you prefer and why?
3: Yeah, no, I know. I keep my gut tells me the Dodgers, um, and maybe that's just because I just want to see Waino just stick it to him. Um, but that's just what my gut says. We've had a really good history against them in the playoffs for the most part. Not so much San Francisco. Um, I'm just a big history repeats itself kind of person. And I know every, any given day, any given team, but I don't know, for whatever reason, everything that says that, I mean, the Dodgers don't have, I mean, excuse me, the Giants don't have a bad team. I mean, they have a good team, obviously, but like on paper, you look at it, you're like, I mean, I don't look at that lineup and be like, wow, I would have thought they were going to, you know, lead the division the whole year. Not just, you know, coming into the whole year, they've led that. And so I think you look at that, it just – I don't know. I, something tells me I'd rather play the Dodgers um, and get them out. You know, one game is one game again than have to go against them in a series.
1: The one, oh. the one, the one thing I will disagree with again, I would not start Wayno. In, in game sevens or games that have mattered, Wayno's lost you can, that's his history. I'm sorry. The only game that he's really come down to is the closing of the Mets out. Um, If you go back in his history, cause I looked at this a couple of months ago, cause I was wondering this too, how many big games he actually pitched in. He's actually lost more big games than he's won. Um, And so I would look at maybe doing a Flaherty Hudson and maybe a Lester or somebody like that. Maybe those three guys in succession. I was thinking uh, Lester. And that's what I was thinking. Do a three, three guys and let them come in and pitch.
3: They I don't know get, that. Um, Sorry, go let, ahead there.
1: And then you let Wayno pitch Game One against the Giants.
3: Yeah, I don't know that um, Jack is mature enough. He just hasn't done that well. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he's done that well at home in LA.
1: That's no. why I would only, I'd only let him go one inning. I'd let him be the opener, and that's what I would do. And I throw the, I would throw the kitchen sink at him, man. Every, they'd get a different pitcher every inning.
0: Yeah, you have to have all hands on deck, especially in that wild card. Now, you can't burn everybody on the on the idea that, hey, if, if we win this game, we don't want our, our entire bullpen, you know, taxed. But you do have to have, I think, a guy warming up or at least playing soft toss the entire game. You know, I mean, you can't afford to be down three or four runs and then be like, okay, we're going to try to get through this inning and then have somebody warming up. That's that's one of my biggest bugaboos about Schiltz. But I know that you do manage differently in the in the postseason than you do the regular season. So I think that you'd have to take a hard look at that and know that you can you can bring in Reyes early. You can bring in guys like you said. You can start Lester, have Flaherty jump in, and still be able to have you know Wainwright and Happ and others you know start the series if, if we can win that wild one.
1: Why don't we just make it a moot point and win the damn division? Just let's win every damn game, close it out. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> just make it easy on everybody.
0: It's like the movie major league, just win oh, the I mean, home. Uh,
1: why not let – I mean, even if it did come out of one game, why not let Reyes start the game?
0: Uh, man, I, I would be on board with it, but, I mean, I, he's like wanting to box, start next season. I'm telling you. It, yeah, he's wanting to start next season. I don't know if you go that route this season and be like, hey, you want to start? Here you go. Here's your shot. Where,
1: where's Hicks? Is he ready yet?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only
1: guy throwing 104, man. Let's start that game. Matt
0: Carpenter's got a pretty good ERA. There <laughs> he go. At least he can tell you contributed in some way.
3: Yeah, he'll make the roster as a pitcher. There we go. ethos <laughs> pitch.
0: But uh, No, just – I mean, this is an exciting time for, for us to be fans. I mean, we, we – We ride and die with the team anyway. If they were five games out right now, it's not like we're going to tune them out and not pay attention. But it is definitely a different vibe, honestly, even doing the show or just the way we interact with each other on social media. The the demeanor that we have, there is an excitement level that us as fans, you know, it's not just, well, shit, we lost, you know, or this guy come up, we, we knew. And we're not the Debbie Downers like some in the group are, you know. We do try to find some silver linings and things. But it's it's exciting right now, and I, I couldn't ask for better baseball than what they've been playing lately. I don't think anybody anybody could.
1: I, I want to just I want to make sure we clear the the Cubs. I don't want them being the reason that we don't do something because they're right now. I, I've always said one of my best friends um, he, he's a Cubs fan, He grew up a Cubs fan, and I tease him all the time. I said, you know, the, the Cubs have always built their teams to beat the Cardinals, not to win the World Series, just to beat the Cardinals. So let's shut them down there, you know, shove 2016 up their wazoo's and move on.
0: Uh, Dustin, what what are your thoughts, I man? You're, you're excited just like we are. Like, I mean, just talk about how exciting it is to to know we've got some breathing room. And when you turn on a game, it's not like, shit, man, these guys aren't going to be able to throw the ball over home plate, you know, and we've got a chance to win because these guys are actually hitting the ball. I mean, that's, a, that's a good feeling, you know. It's different when we all talk in the group chat, but it's, it's definitely a good thing.
2: Oh, yeah, it's exciting, especially, you know, my wife's a Cubs fan, you know, so I'm telling her, you know, Cardinals won 12 straight, and she's like, you're acting like I care. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the Cubs. <laughs> they traded away the whole team. So, yeah, I mean, but, you know, don't underestimate those Cubs because, I mean, that Frank Swindell, he's a good player. I mean, they got some good young players on that team, and, man, but I'd love to see us just sweep them four games, Let's uh, let's get the Phillies. I think the Phillies are in the second, right? Let's get the Phillies to lose a couple over the weekend and just clinch it and go home and maybe win out and hell, maybe win the division.
0: Yeah, I'd be I'd be on board with that, Zach. I'll kind of I'll shoot this thought to you. I know Larry put a post out in the group earlier about it about Nolan Arenado and how uh, is he really wanting to opt out now that the Cardinals are doing well? You know, there was a lot of fans that were. He's going to be crazy not to opt out. At this point, I mean, yeah, it's a lot better situation than what Colorado was. But I don't think he was going anywhere anyway. But to be a part of this, like, resurgence where there's some excitement level and, again, with the 2011 team coming back and the celebration there and fans just embracing him the way they have, I don't think there's any doubt that he's not just coming back, he's not going to opt out, but that he's here for the long haul. I think he's fell in love with the city of St. Louis.
3: Yeah, I definitely think so. I I always said if he was gonna opt out, it would be a maybe next year if we didn't make the playoffs this year and we didn't make the playoffs next year. That'd be the only way he'd do it because you get one taste and and again, you know, hopefully he gets it in St. Louis this year. I do think we'll be a totally even better team next year, but if you just get one taste of the playoffs in St. Louis. I you you don't leave. I mean, I mean unless you're Hayward or somebody like that who's just going to chase some money, but you really, you don't. So I mean, the fact that you have a player like him who's going to be one of the all-time greatest third basemen, barring any injury, I mean, he already is, but yeah, he's not leaving. He's not going anywhere. I think he actually probably retires a Cardinal.
0: Yeah, and I had that thought, and on last week, Show Me and Larry talked about it, that uh, there are a couple of current Cardinals that have talked about wanting to play again next year. I'm one of those as being John Lester that talks, you know, like he's kind of wanting to pitch again. It, I don't want that to be the big move the Cardinals do to address pitching <laughs> and bring him back. But having said that, there are the options of, you know, Reyes moving to a starting role, Hudson's, you know, moving the first spot or probably parting ways with Carlos and KK. But there's, there's a need, I think, for the Cardinals to go out and get a top-tier pitcher. I don't – if they do that, I don't see a fit for Lester, but if they bring Lester in and have him Wayne right back, I don't really see that they go out and make a big splash on getting, I mean, we're, we're going to have a six-man rotation. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, Larry, what, what are your thoughts on Lester's chances of being brought back as a Cardinal next season?
1: I think if, if he did a if he did incentive con- contracts, sort of like what Wayno took last year and this year, I could see Lester coming back because he could be contributing the bullpen. He could be that long relief guy. He could do a lot of stuff. Plus, not only that, but, I mean, we thought coming into this season we had more pitching than we knew what to do with, and injuries come in and hit us hard. So I could see actually them signing him to a smaller deal. I I don't see Hap. Hap, I'm not really – I don't know. I'm not sold on either way, I guess. But um, I was just thinking, you know, if we beat Scherzer, is he looking maybe if they did offer him a contract to come to St. Louis then – I mean, if he, goes, if he goes out there with that team and loses, who knows? But, again, we don't know because Mazalak, we know, the one thing he's going to do is instead of going out and getting a free agent, he's looking to trade somebody. He's going to look for a deal someplace where he can get somebody. So who's that pitcher out there on a the team that's not, not successful, that's just eating up space on a bench someplace, say, like a guy in Minnesota, maybe, I don't know. Um, you know, there's guys out there that are available that you may be able to switch and get a, get a player here or there, or maybe Colorado's looking to deal one of their guys, you know, in the off season, Cause if they lose, if they lose story on top of already losing Arenado uh, a number one starter is not really going to do them a whole lot of good. So there's a lot of options out there, but yeah, I would sign Lester. I'd sign him right now
0: yeah i don't i don't argue with with any of that except i don't think colorado ever deals with this ever again um but that's a personal opinion but you know when we did talk coming into this season that you had guys that we thought oviedo would step up and do more than what he did he kind of called now woodford on the other hand has come in and really been a key for this team you know at, at the tail end here but when you have guys like that and you have your reyes that wants to be a starter and i think Kenneths cabrera is destined to be a starter one day too. We forget these guys are like 22, 23 years old on some of these guys. And I agree that injuries happen, and, and Lester would be a good fit on having some sort of insurance policy, but I don't know that he wants to be a bullpen. And if you have him, you know, maybe he is that guy that starts the game and gives you three solid, four solid. He's kind of like a an opener. You know, an aging opener. I don't. I don't know if that's the route they go, but you know, we've talked about in the past that what this team does this off season will determine a lot. And Mo does like to go via the trade a lot, but the only trade pieces I think that they have right now that they're willing to part with, obviously, the young Kisner might be the two that would bring you, you know, somebody that are expendable. Uh, But I see this team with the money coming off the books. I think it's really going to be free agency, is how most going to handle it, because you've got Carpenter, who is the other player wanting to come back for another year, and I don't think there's any chance in hell that the Cardinals can justify even a invite to spring training. I think would be an insult to fans, and you yeah, know that's just my opinion. But what we'll what see you on that, Debbie? I
2: see. Uh, I see Carpenter going to the Texas Rangers next year. He will not be in St. Louis. He'll be back home. You know, probably where he wants to be with his family. You know, and I mean, I'd like I'd like Mo to go to Miami and get a guy named Sandy back. You know, they traded away all those years ago. I mean, that dude is a stud. I mean, legit stud, and he's what 24, 25 years old. I mean, let's not get into the talks of bad trades, but you know, there's a lot there's a lot of young arms out there that I mean, I know there, he's not a free agent, but hey, we got some guys we could trade and get some value out of now.
0: Yeah, I go along with that. I, I joke with Larry all the time. I think that Carpenter's best bet is he gets a minor league invite from the Royals and maybe Matheny gets a hard-on on a feel-good story on, and hey, we'll give you a chance. But there is no chance, a 0% chance that we can bring Carpenter back. I mean, there's just not. Even with the, the D.H. supposedly coming to the National League next year, and we, we could discuss and debate on who we think takes that spot too. But, yeah, Carpenter, it's this farewell tour for him. I'd like to see the Cardinals go ahead and win it this year. But, you know, Carpenter, we're going to have to bid him a farewell regardless.
1: He'll be a Cub next year. He'll be in the (laughs) Cubs. He hits so well at Wrigley, they'd be dumb not to at least give him an invite. (laughs) I mean, he hits the ball extremely well at Wrigley, so why wouldn't they?
0: Well, because you have already got a former Cardinal third baseman and Patrick Wisdom, that's a thirty-year-old rookie that's tearing he over can off the play ball.
3: second base, he yeah, can play but we're gonna base. have a DH. You know, yeah. we're gonna have a DH. It's not gonna matter.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but there is a, a key word in designate a hitter. You actually have to be a hitter, and I don't think Matt Carpenter fits that description anymore.
3: Just put him out there when the wind's blowing. He can just stick his bat out, and
0: there you go. It's it's wild. But, no, I mean, is there – I don't don't want to take over the whole show with just kind of throwing out topics, but, I mean, is there stuff you guys want to discuss, not necessarily final thoughts on, you know, the the week that was and actually this whole 12-game win streak? Is there anything you guys want to wrap it up talking about?
2: I've never seen this kind of stretch of baseball in my life. 1982 is the last time they won 12 in a row. So, it might be another – yeah, look what happened. Came down to play the Brewers. The Brewers.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the Brewers are done. I think you know, we've talked about it too. They fizzle out every time this year. I mean, they do got some just studs in that, that bullpen and that rotation. I mean, they talked about it earlier how they're doing things with their their pitchers at the lower level that no other team is really doing. Um they call it like a pitching academy. Um I remember one one game they were talking about that and um, all the things they're doing, I think, you know, we can really take something from that. A lot of teams could, um, but, you know, I think again, for whatever reason, they're just they're fizzling out. And this this series, I mean, four games losing four games is a big blow, no matter when you do it, um, doing it to the same team in convincing fashion. I mean, today, yeah, they got out, but they gave up seven, uh, you know, unanswered runs. I just think they they're running and out of gas I think they're going to go into it you know maybe they win the division but they're going to lump I, in
1: I, I always say with saber metrics they're great during the regular season but when the when the it, it's on the line you got to throw it out it becomes heart. it becomes IQ baseball IQ and those guys today I even mentioned to you guys during the game I said every time that the announcers would say how great their relief pitchers were they'd walk somebody and so that was when the pressure was on. And that's I've said that when I did the – actually, I had the Brewers for the preseason analysis for this, for this group. And I said, the Brewers fold under pressure. They have done it time and time again over the course of the year. Craig Council is an awesome manager when it comes to the X's and O's of a game and a regular season game. But I think he's, he can only do so much maneuvering with those players and that's it. And you've got Yelich over there. I mean, he got that big payday. The injuries have happened. He's not the player he was. I'm sorry. He's just not. And, I mean, like the guy, the kid Taylor today that hit the home runs, that was a fluke. I mean, that kid off the bench, you know, that was not his norm. So they got five runs from a kid that they normally wouldn't get. And would he even make the roster coming into postseason? I don't know. So, and then you got, I mean, when, uh, what's his name, The uh, their pinch hitter came up tonight. I'm thinking he looked like a beer league Volderbach or whatever his name is. He looks like a freaking beer league softball player, man. I'm thinking I've got a job next year. I'm smaller than he is. But um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think the Cardinals, I mean, they they walk like baseball players. They talk like baseball players. They act like baseball players. And I think that's made a big difference in this last 12 games.
0: Well, I think it messes with team psyche too, that the Cardinals have, you know, they're obviously a team that's always in contention. And I don't think any team, when they come to play against us, they're thinking this is an easy team. I mean, even when we're playing a bad stretch, best uh, bad stretch of baseball, they know they got to run their A game to compete with us. But when you're playing a team like the Padres, that totally, you know, the wheels came off. I mean, the Padres were, they were faltering anyway, but it was like we gutted them. You know, it was kind of like they have no shot in their confidence level at all i think this is what did it for the brewers too i think we knocked them down such a peg with this sweep that i don't think they rebound from it you know they might pick up a, a win or two the rest of the season but i think this really hits hard for them
1: so do you do you think that the taking of the glove is going to come into a, they're going to start that's going to make the, the headlines or Everything when they took the pitchers glove today do you think that really is you know got into a psyche or whatever you want to say but
0: well, not 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 that per se, but just us kicking their ass, you know, for the, for the series. But, yeah, I mean, that that might play into it a little bit too. But just just these teams that are on the bubble, you know, where it's like the Reds were kind of – I'm not going to say gloating, but when you have Joey Votto that kind of runs his mouth a little bit. Castellanos had run his mouth, you know, you know, earlier in the season on things. And it's like, shit, here come the Cardinals. You know, and then we go in, we take care of the Mets. You know, and then you come in and the Padres, it was like they have a damn tough team. We'd be ignorant to think that the Padres don't have a, a stacked team. And we go in and it's like we just sucked the air out of – there's no life left in them. And, again, with the Brewers, you know, they, they're they coasting right now. Yeah, They know they have the division pretty well locked up. But to go in, they did not want to lose this series, let alone get swept. And to get done – in Milwaukee, I think, is a blow to them, especially with the teams that they have coming up.
2: Oh, yeah. They they wanted, they wanted to clinch. They wanted to clinch on the, uh, this four-game series. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, Yelich buying those tickets and stuff, I mean, that just – I think you expose them. I really do. I think you expose their offense. Their offense is very abysmal right now. Yelich looks horrible. I mean, they had, what, one good start from the starting pitchers? I think, in the four-game series that we won two to one. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, I think I think they're done. They'll lose first round.
0: Zach, any final thoughts from you on – I mean, I'm sure next week we'll hop back on here and be talking about the Cardinals have clinched their wild card spot. But, you know, just final thoughts on the way everything has went down and the show in general here.
3: Man, it's exciting. I'm glad we're playing meaningful baseball in September. I'm um, looking like it's going to be another red October. And, you know, all as it takes is a chip in a chair. You get in, anything can happen.
0: Love well, yep. the poker <laughs> reference. <laughs> well, Larry, you got any final words you want to share with the loyal fan base that tunes in and listens to our gab all hour? Uh, the one
1: thing I will say is that, you know, as this season's progressed, our, our group of people that have followed us has grown um, a lot. I mean, it's really – Chris and I watch the numbers um, for this for us as podcasters and just doing this for the fun of the game because we enjoy it. Um, we always say, you know, we're no experts. It's our opinions. But everybody tunes in and they listen and they give comments back. And, and it's been pretty positive. And I've really enjoyed it this year. And I look for a lot more of these the, – over the even after the season's over and we won the world series. Um I still look for a lot more of these. And to have Zach and Dustin both come on with us. That was great tonight as well. We always like to have the, the other moderators and admins from the group come on. Um so yeah I, I've enjoyed this season so far. Um the cardiac kids are here. Let's keep it rolling.
0: Yeah I I've got to go off what you said. I, I really appreciate everybody that tunes into these shows and they, they leave us some pretty positive feedback on you know, even things that we can do better on, you know, and we take from that and try to make the show at least enjoyable. We're not experts. We play one on TV. Um, we have fun whether Jared's joining us. We do miss him hope we get him back on the show. Uh, Mr. Brad Kell had been on a couple episodes. Hopefully we can get him back on one. Matt has uh, only been on one, but it's we're glad to have Dustin finally on, you know, his first show with us. Uh, now if we only get that guy Boyd Harder to join us, the guy that – uh, kind of pops in every once in a while, but it'd be nice if we could all kind of hop on here sometime and we appreciate everybody that tunes in and lets us you know, just talk Cardinal baseball.
1: Before I get Chris, I, I do want to, we do want to express our condolences to uh, Jared and his family during this time and everything going on. We know he's pretty private and all, but uh, we're worth there with you, brother. And we, we appreciate you, man.
0: Definitely second that. Um, uh, you know, on that note, uh, again, appreciate Zach taking the time to join us. Duffy, glad you took the time to join us. Larry, as always, you know, it's it's a pleasure.
1: Brothers, man.
0: Brothers, yeah. So, guys, appreciate everybody that's uh, tuned in and appreciate all you guys for joining us. We'll, uh, yeah. Have
2: a good night. Go Cardinals. Go right. Cardinals. baby. 2021, Rolls to the Champs.